everybody. Welcome to the 440 Guitar Podcast. My name is Jarrell Powell. Thank you so much for tuning up. You can catch the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anchor.fm forward slash 440. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast as well on Instagram at the 440 Guitar Podcast, just so you can get updates on all the episodes that are going to be coming out. And then be sure to check out 440guitarpodcast.com. Uh, it's our website where if you have any questions on the background of the podcast, uh, information about myself, you can check that out. And then also on the bottom of the website, there is a section where you can submit questions or a message to me, um, and I'll be sure to get back to you. So uh, today I have a very, uh, very special guest on the show. Uh, this person is a, uh, my guest has been a, a, a guitar professor, has been teaching for over 30 years, um, and he has had students that have turned into stars, um, such as uh, the works of uh, John Mayer, uh, Eric Krasno, uh, many others. He's also a professional musician and has worked with artists such as Phil Collins, Ronnie Earl, Paul Jackson, Daryl Jones, Susan Tedeschi, and many others. Uh, he also has over 150,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel and has received well over a million views. Uh, without further ado, uh, Tomo Fujita. Tomo, how are you, sir? How are you? Thanks so much for having me. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for thank you for um, you know thanks for taking the time. It's, it's a really big thing. I know your your three hour gap. Uh, you're in uh, out in uh, Boston, right? Boston, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. Great. My yeah. my sister in law used to used to used to live in Boston for a few years for a PhD. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Good um, so uh, one of the things I've been asking everybody, just because it's it's such a it's uh, it's such a, a crazy event that's affected many people many ways. Um, how's the the quarantine life been for you? You know, during this whole process. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Not huge difference for me, just because I do a lot of online uh, work lessons, and uh, mm -hmm. see, I made my own online lesson site since uh, March two thousand two uh, nineteen, like about mm -hmm. a year ago. So when this hits, like, you know, around, you know, uh, beginning of March, actually my business went up. Oh. So, but as a musician, of course, meet people who's doing, has been doing a lot of gigs, all gigs is gone, very difficult to um, maintain, you know, income and, you know, activity. But for me, I did, I did a lot of online things, you know, mm -hmm. Skype lessons, all that. So it's like... Right now, I'm okay, you know, but still, I have to look ahead, you know, time mm -hmm. to, you know, look. So that's why I have been actually working on a lot more YouTube mm -hmm. and a little bit Instagram. So like, like you mentioned, YouTube yeah. now have 155,000. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, going up. And then uh, Instagram have 160. Wow. Yeah. Even this, like, you know, it's, it's technically you make a performance or a lesson or something to post but still it's not easy you mm. have to study you have to really study some just like you know being to try to be a good great guitar player first thing we would do is listening amazing guitar player and musician second we mimic them we copy them we transcribe them we analyze them same thing nowadays new new way musician has to study good model of, you know, Instagram guy, you know, people doing Instagram or, you know, YouTube, especially YouTube, you have to really transcribe, study people's way, you know, 
than doing this. You, you have to yeah. learn. It's yeah. Hard. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I used to have a little difficult time kind of getting more fans and stuff mm-hmm. um, YouTube. But now it seems like I, I, I started to feel a little bit more, you know, I know how to do it. You know? Yeah. It's hard, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very neat. Very neat. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of, of the videos that uh, would just show up as I was watching uh, YouTube and Blues things. And then a lot of your videos came up and just how you teach, um, you know, just very, uh, you know, it's uh, just an incredible, incredible way of teaching and very relatable, I think, for people of all ages. So, you know, are all all facets are all even all learning, you know, skills of, you know, learning guitar. So something yeah. I definitely appreciated. Thank you. So yeah. even like that, you know, like you mentioned, I teach blues, funk, and um, a lot of different styles. But lately, I'm trying to do like something outside of my, you know, comfort zone. Sometimes yeah. a little simple country licks or, you know, something, you know, more rock stuff or like that. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to do like, you know, posting something a little bit different mm. lately on YouTube. Yeah. Nice. But uh, that's why I think... Uh, YouTube start, you know, recommend my video to other people, mm. so that you know I can recommend musician who wants to be more active on the social media. You have to find your strength, also your uniqueness, mm. to make yourself out there to not just show your skill, but also a little bit creative way, more fun way to do. You know, mm. something kind of simple. You don't have to do anything too difficult. Mm. But you have to find your own thing. That's why I tell my students about social media. Almost a social media, almost a, you're going to open up a pizza place. <laughs> pizza, pizza. But you have to make something unique. Otherwise, people won't come. Right. Right? right. How many ways can, you can say? Great tasting pizza. <laughs> great music. Great guitar. Of course, you know, people know that. But then you have to ex- express that slightly different way, unique way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It definitely is a science, you know. To to and then it's a strategy, you know, the strategy of being able to definitely. do that. So, so that's why easy way to say is uh, posting social media is very easy to do. You can do, you know, a couple minutes. You just make a video. You can post it right away. But that won't go anywhere, just because right. there's no plan. So you have to have a plan, you know, plan the preparation a little bit, you know, something like that. But great part is millions of people don't know you don't know me mm-hmm. then you can meet these people if you do well that's the kind of a fun about the social media to me. Mm. very exciting yeah i have a of course you know right now i have 155,000 followers but if you look justin guitar marty shorts or you know uh, rick biata everybody has 1.5 million or 2 million mm. so it means i can say it more than one million people just don't know me. Mm. Simply just don't know me. That's the part is to me so excited every day. Mm. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's positive way. Everything positive. Yeah. yeah. That's the part is right now. It's a difficult time, so you have to do everything positive so that everything is gonna be okay. Mm. Wow, that's a really good way to look at. It. I never thought about them you know hey these people just don't know me they can't get to know me you know exactly because yeah. system here's the thing system is making to d- make you difficult to do for example mm. instagram you can anybody can post but you can post a link right on the post 
Right. So why? Because if you can post a link, everybody does business. Mm. So Instagram doesn't want you to do business, but they want to work. They want to make you work more. So right. You more to yourself. If you promote, you get more connection. More connection you get, that uh, thread of posts pop up and talk. Then any other people adding, you know, uh, like an ad, right? That's why Instagram, if you don't know, you need 10,000 people to do the swipe up. Right, yeah, I figured that out later on. (laughs) So if you have 10,000 people every single day, 24 hours a day, you can do swipe up. That's the greatest business way to do. Yeah. Because you don't annoy people because you just keep doing it and anybody look at it and just swipe up because curious. Right. 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 That's how you do it. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's like a great way to do business. So in my case, right, I post a long video. Like, for example, yesterday, I post a long uh, video on YouTube over 10 minutes. Then I, I watch the video. I cut video short, you know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, like that. So I, I have an idea. Then I post that on the Instagram. The Instagram, I post on the story. So everything kind of goes in circle, you know. Mm. Yeah. So then Facebook, fan page, my own page, Twitter. So I do five things, same wow. time. Yeah. So that's what I do when I'm eating lunch. <laughs> yeah, I eat a sandwich and I go like this because I can do by one hand, you know. <laughs> In other words, you have to do everything, you know, kind of quick, but yeah. still you have to spend, you know, some hours figuring out stuff. Right, yeah. right. So that's kind of crazy. Sometimes, like, you know, I tell my wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on start, study YouTube from <laughs> afternoon, three hours. I just watch, I just watch, watch, really understand. What, what, how they make, what, what's the purpose, you know, like a, a lot of detail. Right. Yeah. So almost, a, you know, transcribing people's um, YouTube. And then, you know, I have a notes like this, you know, notes. Then I have a lot of notes figuring out what was that. Mm. So that structure, I'm kind of copying the structure. Introduction, talk about something, but the middle, there's a conflict. Not just all good stuff, conflict. So people yeah. pay attention. The people argue more. These are things in almost like TV, really. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't show just all happy story. They have to do some little ugly stuff, you know, in the middle, right? So that's <laughs> what people yeah, talk, argue, you know. So even that, you know, YouTube, you have to have that discipline. Yeah. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Very true. That's that's my thing. Just uh, I have that idea. Yeah. Then around ten minutes, I wrap up. You know. Yeah, but it, but uh, really, to me, it's uh, just like you have own really, just like you have own restaurant or own TV show, whatever you have. But then all depends how you do it, mm. and this business goes down or up. Right. That kind of a part is uh, exciting. Yeah. To me, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but before, honestly, I didn't know. So this is what I did. I made a. I used to make. I made. You know, I go to Japan. And I made a lot of video performing. And I thought that's the best thing I can do, performing to post it, right? Didn't go well. Mm. I post something really funky, then only 1,000 view or 800 view. Why? Now I know why. Because the system is not making every video goes everywhere. Mm. They, you know, anything you make, first sit there. Yeah. Make something to connect with people. Then gradually that's 
come up here and there. That's yeah. when you can see some video hits a little higher. Right. That's Just right. Just because people, people feel, feel the same way, then people want to share it or people want to write something because they feel something. Right. So that's, that's why, like, the worst thing, not worst thing, is like, you know, fine performance supposed to not, not do anything. Mm. <laughs> because nothing you can say about great. You know? Great. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of do that, you know, as a musician, you should do post a fine performance, then sometimes something else, even backstage talk. I don't know. Whatever, yeah. you know, each one, each one has to come up something, you know. Rehearsal. Rehearsal. <laughs> about rehearsal. That's uh, probably that's more sell, you know. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. yeah, it's kind of a crazy. So uh, on the 440 Guitar Podcast, we're you know we're big on uh, the origin stories of you know of uh, our of our guests, how they got to where they are today. Um, mm-hmm. So to to hit the ground running on that, what are what are some of your earliest earliest memories of music? Earliest memory of music. Ah, I mean, like you know, uh, first I listened a lot of Beatles. And then get into uh, English, like, you know, Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, and all that. Just that. The funny part is, I didn't realize I was listening to all English people, you know. I thought <laughs> it's all American because they speak English, you know. I, I was from Japan, so I didn't know. Mm. Yeah, but then that, then, yeah, so the bit listening like that. Then gradually, I listened to Larry Carlton. So, like, that's more of a fusion. Then once I hear the fusion, I start to hear blues, like B.B. King, Freddie King, Albert Collins, and all that guys. Mm-hmm. Then jazz, you know, Charlie Christian, Joe Pass, Wes Montgomery, all that, you know. And then Ray Charles, Stevie Wonder, Donny Hathaway, the gradually soul, you know, more soul music. So first funny part is I listen to Japanese rock music, then English rock, and then American you know, a little bit jazz fusion, then get into a little bit more blues and R and B. Yeah, that's how I did it. You know, but then everything comes kind of at the same time, and uh, I was really fascinating. And like one of my favorite favorite records when I was teen, when I was sixteen, was Donny Hathaway Live. Mm. I listened to the album over and over. I still have you know LP and here you know. Yeah, that's like a. Really, really, you know, this is the one, Donny Hathaway Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing yeah. album. And then I didn't realize Side A recorded in LA, Side B recorded in New York. Oh. It's Vita N, you know. I played there too, which is a kind of cool place. Hmm. Yeah, so that's the earliest memories, really, like yeah. that, you know. I mean, almost everything once comes, just everything just happens, really. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. earth is fire. I was I was uh, about twelve or thirteen. My karate teacher brought me to Earth and Fire concert, nineteen seventy six or seventy seven. Mm. First time uh, they came to Japan. Yeah. Then they couldn't do regular concert hall because they have a lot of stuff to do, you know, magic stuff. So, so they rented a really huge you know, arena. And, mm. Yeah. Wow. Did your um did. Uh, growing up, did your uh, did your parents listen to that 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 music? So that's how you kind of get influenced, or did you, you kind of? You see, like you know, I play funk, right? Mm-hmm. 
I know why, because my father loved disco music. Mm. So my father, he's not a musician, but he loves to, you know, listen to music. So he has few jazz records and then lots of disco records. I don't know why he has. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, because that was like in the late, almost like mid-70s, mid you know? Yeah. So he has, I don't know why, he, he bought a few, you know, like a disco, funk, chic, yeah. you know, that kind of confunction kind of thing. Then that's how I really into disco funky beat, you know. So that's why I guess oh. when I start playing, always some sort of a grooving stuff I was like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, but definitely, if you look back, always somebody influenced you. Mm. First yeah. influence always stays a long time. Right. That's why it's not like, you know, I discover funk. Almost like somewhere in my life, there's a funk disco stuff and then some, you know, blues or jazz. And that really, yeah, stays in me so long and really strong. Mm. Then, then interesting part is I, w I came to America study music just because this all American music thing really drive me like crazy oh I want this so instead of going to Tokyo from Japan I went to Boston to study mm. music. so that was I was 21 when I went to Boston mm. then study at the Berkeley then back then I was really trying to be Studio musician like a Steve Lukather, Jay Graydon, that kind of, you know, Paul Jackson Jr., that kind of a session player. So I, I was really transcribing, study session type of guitar, you know, work. But then when I graduated, I really felt I didn't have blues really play well. In other words, I thought I could play blues, but I was just imitating blues, not really, really understand blues. You know? mm. So when I finished at the college, I I uh, I decided not to listen anymore any jazz or any funk, only blues. Mm. I did about two three years. Wow. Yeah, that same time, a good friend of mine, his name is Dennis Montgomery. He he used to teach um, gospel uh, ensemble and choir at the Berkeley, and the one day, I, I think around the summer. He asked me a lot of things, and then he, he said, why don't you come to my church? Because I'm music director for, you know, Boston Baptist Church. Okay. Then I went there week after. Mm. That experience, amazing. Mm. Just because every week we play songs that I've never rehearsed. Because, mm. you know, he knows songs. You know, everybody knows the song. I don't know the song. So I just go there. I just play by ear. No charts, nothing. Just bring in, plug in, no pedal, nothing like that. Mm. And um, and then anything I play, you know, reaction with everybody. It yeah. Yeah, seems like if I do something really, you know, spiritual, something really good, I think it, I can make everybody really like go crazy, you know, happy, you know. <laughs> like it's almost like you know, I felt like really kind of feedbacking, you know, with the audience and everybody and playing music. And mm. I think that was 
to me more than Berkeley. That was an amazing experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was was that was that one of the um was that one of the first was that like one of the first times that you played live or was it just as far as just oh, the experience? Okay, yeah. first like a live experience, you know, I did a little bit in Japan, you know, like band, you know, the kind of punk band I used to do. And then after that Yes, in the United States, I did a lot of club gigs around the, you know, um, Berkeley, near the, in, so probably I played every gig around the Berkeley. Then we did a blues tour with all, several different artists, you know, that's like a going circuit, you know, from New York to Philadelphia, going south and all that way. Yeah, I did that. That, that was kind of tough too, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that's really fun, but it's really traveling kind of tough. I never ever thought. 12 hour, you know, writing the band and then play really well. That was hard to do, you know. Right. <laughs> I didn't know. But yeah, yeah. Then after that, yeah, all, all circuit here. Then um, touring Japan after that, you know, right. I think right after I graduated from Berkeley, I started touring Japan. I went to England. I went to Korea, a lot of places, you know, yeah. So more wow. international, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, um, talk, talking about kind of. Um... You know, going back to when um, when you very first started to learn guitar, what was that experience like for you? Was that was it kind of an uphill battle as far as being challenging, or did everything kind of stick as far as just building no, and building okay. more? Yeah, more yeah. That, that's a good question. First one, I still remember almost like you know dinner with my family or somewhere a restaurant mm. or some big place, and there's a guitar, and then there's a guitar. So I go. I play like that. I go, hmm, sounds kind of nice, but I have no idea. You know? That was my first experience ever on the guitar. That was 10. I play like this, the open string. Yeah. Hmm, you know, something like that. Then, next one, it's like my relatives, somebody had a guitar, classical guitar. Then, uh, he showed me a little bit. Then he said, if you want to borrow, you can borrow it because I don't need it. Somebody gave it to me. You know? So, hmm. okay, I borrowed it. That was, Again, experience, but I but uh, that, from that guitar I couldn't play anything. I only play chromatic scale. Okay. Really, somebody told me chromatic scale. That's it. So uh, about that point, that was uh, I was eleven. What I think twelve, correctly twelve. Up to that, from one year exactly, I couldn't play anything. So I remember first experience. I got the guitar. I couldn't play. Then after that, I bought electric guitar. Mm. Still. About a year, I couldn't play anything. Mm. But then this is what happened. Friend of mine, brother, got the guitar first time. Then he started learning. Mm. Then six months later, a year later, I don't know how long to go, but he started playing something. That's when I thought, I can do it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Then I asked around friends. So somebody, you know, person, this person knows maybe a few chords. Wow. Okay, great. I learned. The other person know pentatonic scale like that. I remember some guys playing like you know almost a Led Zeppelin like you know Stairway to Help Heaven so like that. I was like, wow, that's amazing. You know? <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. Then each one, so each person really taught me one little thing, mm. one little thing to me, two chords or one bending like that. So yeah. look about almost I had a private lesson individually. 15 minutes each, you know, almost half an hour, half, you know what I mean, half an hour each. But that was great lesson for me. Mm. That opens up. Wow. Because each lesson so tiny. 
because one person knows each one just so little, you know what I mean? So yeah. that little information was really strong because that's all I I know. That two chords I play, few riff I play, something <laughs> like that. Each person has a little bit different. Then I joined the band. Mm. Joined the band, Ben Leader gave me a cassette tape or records to listen to it. Then I figured it out, but I can't figure out some chords. Then Ben Leader teaching me how to play. Then I learned how to use my ear to figure it out from the records. Then I hooked. Mm. Oh, wow. If I know the degree interval, I understand. Almost I'm figuring out own way about the theory. I didn't. Yeah. But everybody else is saying, you have to learn theory in jazz guitar like that. And I was afraid to study because I thought I'm not good at it. Mm. So that's what I avoided. Everybody's saying, you should do study with such and such. So I just waited to 18. When I was 18, and then I asked that person, jazz guitar lesson. I did two years. And that changed because that was a formal study formal study really helps my plan without that i didn't come up to here this level mm. because wow. that person's lesson was very structured very mm. very structured fingering way of you know lesson plan everything yeah oh yeah I, every, was, yeah I was researching that um that you had private lessons with joe pass is that yeah. right yeah, that was a yeah. That was a you know reason is I was really, really want to be Larry Carlton at one point. So Larry Carlton's story was like this: when he was sixteen, he asked Joe Pass private lesson, and Joe Pass listened Larry, and then Joe Pass told Larry come back later, study more and come back. In other words, uh, Larry didn't have enough probably knowledge of uh, you know harmony. And then a year later come back and then, you know, Joe taught him something. Mm. And that was a fascinating story. I have to do it. So nineteen nineteen ninety, Joe Pass came to Boston and uh, some club, you know, doing uh, solo guitar and you know trio game. And me and my friend great friend Neil Itzel, friend. I brought him to the gig, and then after the gig, I asked Larry, um, not Larry, Joe Pass, so, please, could you teach me, teach us, like a master lesson like that? And the first answer he said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't do those things. That's what he said. I still remember. I don't do those things. Mm. Okay. I was, I was really, you know, uh, basically, um, it's like, unfortunately, it's like rejected. Mm. The second time, and then funny, I said, "So please, please teach us. I love to study. I don't know. That's mm. how, I don't know. He starts smoking, you know, cigar. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then I still remember. Neil said, "Let's so Tomo, don't worry. Let's go home." I said, "No, no. I have to ask him." So I asked <laughs> him four times, and he said, "Yes." Oh wow! <laughs> so this is my lesson. Rejection, don't take, just keep going. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, rude way, no, rude way. But he was there, I just keep asking. Worst case, he said, go home. <laughs> then I go home. I said, yes, I went home. Either way, do you know what I mean? So the funny part is, you know, I called hotel because he said, call me hotel. So call hotel. 
so can I speak to Joe Pass? He was there. All right, you know, and I said, how much, is, how much is Joe, do you charge? And uh, of course, he said, I don't know. I don't, I don't really do those things, you know, really. Okay, so what can I do? He said, find a good cigar store in Boston. Bring me to the cigar store. I point to that box, you, buy, you guys buy it, and that's the fee. <laughs> so this is what we did. We pick up Joe Pass at the hotel. We brought him to the cigar store in Harvard Square. <laughs> and we bought a cigar, go back to the, you know, uh, his hotel room, and we st- st- study about two and a half hours. Wow. So that experience changed my life completely about the concept about music. Because I was schooled by Berkeley, which is good. But Joe Pass, he has more than school. Entire experience, world-class experience. That's what I wanted to know. Right. So I asked a lot of questions, a lot of concepts, a lot of ways to do it. Many things I was wrong. Mm. In other words, sometimes theory or those like, you know, very, uh, so like a system, we, we, we tend to read down the system. But his case was, you know, he understands the system, but he doesn't really overuse the system. He just used a little bit more other way, you know. Yeah, so that, those, those um, yeah, in the choices, ideas, that was amazing. Wow. wow. So, um, a great story. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, again, if I didn't have that experience, I'm not here today, like this teaching people. Hmm. I mean, wow. probably I teach maybe, but then I don't have the same philosophy. Yeah. Because wow. each person taught me really great philosophy and, you know, valuable lessons. In other words, it's not just all coming from books or school, or, you know, uh, like system. Mm-hmm. We we use a system, but we have to go beyond the system in order to teach better. You know? So, yeah, that was a one of piece that I needed. Wow! Because I want to be a Larry Carlton. I need to know <laughs> what he experienced. So I gotta experience what he experienced. Right. So I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Other funny part is that you're like, you know, um, I, I told you, like, I was heavily influenced by Larry Carlton. But when I came to U.S., I didn't bring my 335 because it's a little bit difficult to bring, you know, back then. And so I, I bought a Stratcaster, so I play more rhythm guitar, more funk stuff that I t- go to. But then still, I remember first year at the Berkeley, everybody says, you sound like a Larry Carlton. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, first like, couple months that I, Oh, thank you, thank you. It's great. But every time, you sound like a Larry Carlton. Okay, I don't hear that anymore. You know, I know, you know, not right. re- this Larry, but I want to be my own sound. That's why I came to America to you know train myself. Right. So right. what can I do? You know, several years I'm really into figuring out Larry Carlton, and this is what I did, away from Larry Carlton, <laughs> because I had enough. Yeah. Okay. Now it's time. No, listen, Larry Carlton. <laughs> so when I came to no listen Larry Carlton. Another funny story. First year, Larry came to Berkeley to do the performance. I got the tickets, of course. Mm. This is I did the same night. I didn't go. <laughs> wow. I'm right. I had the tickets in my hand. I didn't go. Because if I go, I, I fall in love with him again. And right. problem. If I do that, I love to play like him. Then if I do that, I keep playing, sounds like a Larry. Right. You know, a great player, sounds like a Larry. Mm. And then we don't need a, another Larry Carlton, do you know what I mean? 
Right. So I have to make a tomo fujita. How can I do that? Oh, just just quit listening, Larry. That's what I did. So I bought the tickets, and I didn't go. Oh wow. <laughs> that was very meaningful because I bought the tickets. I show you respect. I didn't go because mm. that's for me. You know. <laughs> it, worked, it worked. It worked. Yeah. It worked because many years I just avoided Larry Carlton. Then I start, you know, soul searching about myself. That's why I told you I decided to go back to blues, mm. not jazz. Everybody can play jazz here and there. So why not? I go deep into blues. But what I mean deep into blues, not just blues form or blues lick. It's just that, you know, people have natural blues feel. Mm. So more yeah. than just popping. So that was uh, my study. Wow, wow. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh. <clears throat> thank you for sharing that. That's really interesting. That's really interesting and very relatable as far as just uh, you know being um, having a being inspired by an artist and that you you know you you've being inspired by an artist and then you kind of end up playing like him as far as just some of the some That's, of the, the the things that you got inspired by, but then it turned into yeah. Yeah, I turned to something where you're like, wait, no, I need to, I, I need, I want to be my own guitarist. You know, I don't just want to sound yeah, person. Exactly. You know, I'm not yeah. sure how much Larry had that in his mind, you know, creating his own sound, but I'm sure he had because there's Robin Ford, Reed Rittenauer, Cornel Dupree, a lot of great players, George Benson. So I think he developed like his singing tone, but you know, by you know, bending skill. And, uh, and other, other, interesting part is then you know one point right i was just curious about his uh history of larry in other words larry carlton become very famous 1977 78 with his records okay the this one but then i didn't really hear anything before this one mm -hmm. because this was very popular in japan then when i came to america i was start searching asking people what was it before this one then i found out a few records that he made like a jazz record didn't sell well i should say but you know this is he made it become famous but before so one of his records is like a holding 175 gibson he mm. played like you know style of west montgomery means all clean tone jazz guitar no bend. Oh, interesting. then when i hear that to this one I have to figure it out. I have to do the same thing myself. <laughs> because, see, this is exactly the same thing as uh, Instagram or you know, YouTube or you know, making your own career. You have to really copy somebody. Then you have to figure it out your own way. Right. In other words, you don't create your own thing from scratch. That's impossible, you know? Yeah. So this one, so, you know, I, I don't have a, a CD here, but so his jazz records, 1968 or 69. Then this one, it's between. So like, no bending West Montgomery into his own style. Mm. So that's why I went to blues first, style-wise. Then I worked only bending. Have you ever heard of people coming my bending? Oh, yeah. you have a nice bending. Yeah. And then every time I hear you know, feel really good, but also same time, I know why, because that's all I did one summer. One oh, year. Wow. 
you know, one year, I did everything about bending. Because one point, actually, this is, I was like 1992 or three. Around there, actually, I really worked on it. Yeah. The reason is, my wife, she thought I'm going crazy. <laughs> because, because sometimes in my basement, right, and then, you know, you don't have to, like, but anyway, so what, what I did was, like, you know, almost like, oh, Like that, but I yeah. do this two minutes like that. So almost like, you know, constant annoying bending notes, you know, and then same notes over and over. So my wife really thought I'm going cuckoo, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. because because not playing music, every note is bending like right. It's hard to explain that. <laughs> yeah, he said, Tomo, are you okay? I said. I'm okay. I'm just working on it. <laughs> and then she understood later, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like that kind of a crazy commitment about the one thing. Mm. Then people comment me, sounds great. Just like, you know, people comment me, it sounds like a Larry Carlton because that's all I did before. So, you know, right. yeah. That's why, like, you know, sometimes people said, you know, I'm keep jamming, but I I don't think I can. I'm not really um, improving. So you know, when people say that, you know, after my uh, private lesson, then I hear. So please play something, you know, like you do, and I can see jamming because it's not really preparing based on some example. It just come up something like a randomly, then just keep playing on the spot. So almost like you make up some story, you keep telling people, there's no end of a story because you keep making up. The so story has to have a little bit like origin, yeah. theme, and then somewhere to, you know, finish, you know, resolve, right? So my comment usually says kind of funny. The problem is you play too casually. Mm. See, like a guitar, very casual, because for fun, and it's supposed to play easy. So if you play casually, if you play, you know, quickly and keep repeating, I guarantee you're going to be good guitar player forever, mm. because that's what you're doing, preparing or to be okay. Mm. So I have to teach them, if you want to be great, you have to do a little bit crazy stuff, you know, slightly. Right. <laughs> which is commitment to one thing at a time so mm. that each step you do excellent job in each step. Mm. Then you learn how to make effort on the one, one topic. Even wash dishes or clean room. Whatever you do, you have to do a really good job. So yeah. that thinking, feedback, and then translate that into everything. So I make people positive. That's my job to me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. One time, like you know, uh, last year, Fender had uh, my interview in Japan, and you know, and then you know, last um, question was, what are you trying to do? You know, help people or you know, inspire people. I know you inspire. But I said I want to make more better people, more kind people, so mm. that this world become a little bit more lovely. You know, mm. because mm. here. Too much comparison, too much jealousy, too much, you know, complain to others. Then ended up we kind of create sour, 
feeling. And then ended up people hate each other sometimes, you know. Mm. So I just like to make people happier. Yeah. And yeah. then a little bit more low-key about the thing or what other people doing. In other words, um, you want to understand what's going on, but you don't want to pay attention too much. Mm. The difference is if you ignore the problem, ignore when you sleep, you start remembering what's the problem to bother mm. you. But if you understand clearly, but you don't pay attention, that's the difference. Yeah, interesting. So I teach these things through guitar. But to me, guitar is just a, one purpose ourselves to learn about the life, to live better. That's that makes sense to me. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask you with you know all of your years of, of teaching you know and experience i was curious to ask you what do you think is the biggest um misconception when it comes to learning guitar because uh for example one of the when i was learning guitar i remember at least yeah. just just reading things on just reading like little blog forums or whatever there is this there's this conception of you have to learn acoustic before you can learn electric like you can't just start with electric you have to learn with acoustic and yeah, then, right, right, right. <laughs> those, those, yeah, those, those, like you know, like okay, okay. Those are the one one point of view is correct. But first thing, how about this way? There is no one absolute way is best in yeah. guitar playing. Just because guitar is so much styles, you know, finger picking, pick style, fast phrase. You know, rhythm guitar, heavy distortion, clean guitar, you know, so many ways. Also, you have to be very careful about this one. This is only profession that no need any license. Mm. This is dangerous in a way. If you do cooking, okay, if you do cooking, if you're a dentist, if you are something, even plumber, you have to have a license to do Yeah. Because if you don't do, you harm somebody. But guitar, listen carefully, this is important. Guitar, anybody can teach. Anybody can be teacher on YouTube today, if you pretend. So that means a lot of information, more than 50%, it jumps from that, really. Because yeah. no trained performers, you know, or there's no rule. So that's a misconception is like, to me, don't trust anybody mm. right away. Yeah. Always a little bit doubt. Don't trust. Even me. Don't trust anybody. So in other words, too much information. Something is good, something is not good. So you have, you 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 the judge, you know? And that's so for example, acoustic and electric guitar. Even electric guitar, you have to have a really good maintenance setup. Otherwise you learn something not great. Even acoustic guitar, if you buy cheap acoustic guitar with neck is bored or on all the strings, nothing works. Mm-hmm. But in general, people saying acoustic guitar is low maintenance and a little less than you can really feel it. So people believe in all the school, you know, just to get the acoustic first, then electric, all the school. I understand that concept. But nowadays it's different because electric guitar even made really well, right? Yeah. Really good. That's why. I bought, you know, online guitar, and then I just show people you know, how to set up and all that stuff, you know, for fun. So misconceptions really looking for one absolute answer. That's the misconception. Mm. Yeah. 
Mm. So it's there is no one. So like each step you can find out, you know. Yeah. But also um, nowadays you can Google information, interview, right? Even right. This, yeah. But then you know I'm teacher. I teach at the Berkeley. I I've been teaching so many years and so many people from different culture. So I teach a lot of different people. And each people has different character, different pace. I sense that. Mm. Once I sense that, I change my material completely different way. Because right. I can teach one through ten. Because that's sometimes not good for people. Right. Because tonight right. it doesn't take that way. Mm. Wow. Do you think um I was gonna ask you as far as you know, you've you know, you've you've taught you've you've taught so many guitar players, you know, yeah. so many guitar players, really talented guitar players. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you what are some things that what are some things that um you have learned from your students that has been instrumental in your you know, in, in uh, what you do uh, as far as being a professor of guitar? I think like, you know, in a way, I think each student, I, I, I mean, even like now, each student, I learn something from students because I'm all, already, I'm lear- every day I'm learning something from them. Mm. So always, even when, when I'm a lesson, I just learn, you know, watch people and I learn. And then, yeah, so I can't really tell you exactly what I've learned from each student, but mm-hmm. always I'm open to learn. In other words, I'm not saying I'm always right. Mm. I I know more than students, but I don't present like I'm always right. I'm just telling this is better to go, you know. But then mm. I respect the students, you know, idea and personal, you know, um, pace. Mm. So something like that. So that's what I learn. Actually, I learn from. I have to respect the students, their pace. Then I add my idea. But also uh, misconception. I have one more. Sure. If you learn theory, you're gonna be a great guitar player. That bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost like you're saying like you know, okay, you're gonna be a great guitar player. I, I, uh, here's a theory, this dictionary. Read this one. It doesn't do anything yeah. unless you have a music. So in other words, theory is almost like a description about the tone. I mean, like a, you know, interval or chords or, uh, you know, scale, interval, you know, color. Yeah. You know. But that's all. So first, right, you know, you say, here's a, a lot of misconceptions. You have to learn by ear. Learn by ear means just learn by ear, but then you, you have to understand what, what are you learning. Right. If you hear the melodies, then you have to understand either chord or tone, like a major, third, or fifth. That's a really theory already. Yeah. So if you learn by... You know, here means still you think about that. Mm. So in a way, you're thinking theory, play by ear. Mm. So play by ear means people think it's kind of miracle. Oh, don't worry about reading. Don't worry about theory. Hendrix play by ear. But if you if you learn Hendrix phrasing, he understood all inversions. Sometimes he does inversions really well. Mm. Why? Because he play with great piano player, great horn section. The music has very nice sound. And if you analyze as a theory, that's all nice chord voicings. You know? Yeah. You know what I mean? But very then, if, when you label these things, like if I play some chords, 
you know, you, you could, you know, you could Hendrix play like this, like that, you know, like. Then right away, you have to hear root going to plus seven. That's from experience playing it, but also analyzing whether you're right. not. So in a way, that's a theory. It's not just a theory about the book or, you know. So, so, so it's a problem, I think, people read, read stuff a little too much. So immediately think, oh, I don't know theory. Mm. And that's why, like, the other day, if you watch um, my jazz, jazzy course, and then tell me how much do you understand. Mm. That's all I ask. If you don't understand, don't worry about it. That's all I hear as a teacher. And somebody say, I have no idea. Great answer. Great answer. Then you always have to learn. Right. Yeah. And if somebody said, I can hear it, but I don't know what they are. Great answer. Then you have to learn theory to right. identify. That's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like a means test to see what what's a good direction to start. You know, learning yeah. it or build from there. It's interesting. Yeah. So even even business size, right? You know what I mean? Like you know, I'm I'm just learning about the idea. Like Instagram, if I post something amazing, okay, great. And what do you think if I say people say great? <laughs> if some people say great, I don't gain anything. You understand? I don't gain anything from growth. I feel good, but still I have to work harder. Yeah. That doesn't work, right? So that's why I play a little shorter and I play very jazzy chords, a very specific line I play. That's like a fast thing. And then I all ask is, how much do you understand? Tell me. Mm. Then each answer comes. That's great. That's already great material for my next YouTube channel about the topic that then I just play something people understand that, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. I I had... Oh, I was gonna say, um one of my one of my last questions I had yeah. for you. I know um I don't want to take up too much of your time, uh, but don't worry. Yeah, you went. Appreciate it. one one of my last questions is um for that guitar player that um I feel like um it's it's funny like for me i've i've been playing for guitar for a decent amount of decent amount of time but i feel like when someone is learning guitar say at an older age that it becomes more difficult to focus on the instrument because of everyday life right, uh, right. what do you think are some what's some advice you would give to those type of players to motivate them to keep playing you think okay okay so that case I, you know, I can't, I can I cannot um, explain about my teaching too much, but I will give them two, three items to practice. Then each one, I explain why we need to do this, how long, how to. And each one, like a support, really great. The first one is something very simple, like a chromatic skill, something like that. But focus on no noise, less pressure, and something more like a meditation. Then I ask person, then I can already see the problem because most people play, play in tempo. Learning material, sometimes you don't want to play in tempo because you have to have a technique to work on. So that person play lick, not a technique. So I have to teach how to gain technique. Mm. Then when you do, you have to limit 
five minutes, ten minutes, and done.、Mm. No matter what you want to do, you have to done, finish. Because nothing changed today. It takes a little time. And I, I make them to understand. So then they, they will have a sense how long to practice, how to judge, to move on or go back,、mm. how to fix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, like that. Then quality. Then、mm. train your ear. But more things. But so busy people, especially, you can't give them, hey, learn this song. Difficult. <laughs> you can't. So I don't teach song, I teach technique. Mm. Take a very tiny technique that changed their life.、Mm. Then enjoy.、Yeah. Like something like, you know, simple three notes call for jazz. You know, I have everything on my guitar with them. And then I'm so happy that a lot of people really enjoy that. Yeah. Yeah, that's really、uh, great. It's growing really nicely. Yeah. Awesome. And they can, and then、uh, I guess this is a great opportunity for you just to plug some. Yeah.、Uh, some of your, you know, the, the things that you do.、Um, how would they find that、uh, or how would they sign up for the, the guitar wisdom? Yeah, very simple. My,、um, my Instagram name is ja- Tomo Just Funky. So if you Google tomojustfunky.com, that's my website.、Mm-hmm. Then that website has everything about me. You know,、mm-hmm. all social media include guitar wisdom. They、right. explain. You know, what, what's going on in my guitar wisdom. So you can learn about my guitar wisdom. Also, there's a link to join.、Oh. Probably the best way, just to remember, Tomo Just Funky. Then you're all set. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> See? Simple. There you go. There you、yeah. go. Well,、um, well, Tomo Fujita, I really appreciate you taking the time to,、uh, to do this. This has been a great honor. So thank, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That's、uh, very special. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Well, well, there you have it, folks. This is Jarrell Powell from the 440 Guitar Podcast. We'll jam again soon, and everyone have a good day. Yeah.